as I say, there's a social contract here. People, I think, recognize the need to do more and to meet People this People will self-regulate their behavior. They'll begin to adjust. Well, we've seen really an unprecedented demand for unemployment uh, benefits. We will have social pressure, and that will encourage good, people to do the right thing. A good resident. Uh, follow these rules. This is not just for you. This is for all of us. In an unprecedented move, the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, has issued a shelter-in-place order to help slow the spread of coronavirus. While there are some exceptions, it's already altered the way Californians are living. Welcome to the 10 News Coronavirus Impact Podcast. I'm Matt Boone, in for Ben Higgins. A lot going on today. The governor's order is similar to what we've already seen at the county level in the Bay Area and in Sacramento. Governor Newsom calling all non-essential workers to stay at home. He says you can still go for walks, go to the grocery store, the pharmacy, but he's urging people to go all in on social distancing. For help on breaking this all down, we've got 10 News reporter Anthony Pura joining us. Anthony, first let's just start off on a couple do's and don'ts. What is allowed, what is not right now? Well, I think the big picture here is that the governor is asking everyone to stay at home as much as possible. I think you mentioned some of the things that you can still do, which is go to the grocery store. You can go to the pharmacy. Um, you can get some exercise outside. Go ahead and walk your dog. I know a lot of people have been asking that. What uh, Can I still go outside, get some exercise? Yes, they're encouraging all that. They just, uh, when you do that, they want you to practice uh, social distancing, you know, the six feet apart, um, you know, just use common sense. Now, obviously, there's a, a couple of things that uh, are still staying open that you may not think are considered essential, but like banks, laundromats, uh, these are essential things that uh, are staying open. If they're open, it probably means that you can go visit them. A lot of people have already transitioned their daily lives to being uh, in their homes. A lot of uh, companies have already started moving workers into, you know, working from home situations. But now, basically, the governor said everything aside from non-essential businesses, some of which you just mentioned, uh, have to shut down or work from home. What does that mean, non-essential? So that is kind of the big question. Now, obviously, there's the the obvious uh, the obvious occupations: police, fire, first responders. Those are all essential uh, workers. Uh, you mentioned the grocery store workers, uh, laundromats, banks. Uh, those will stay open. Um, so there are a lot of gray areas. Um, there's a list um, of uh, infos- of uh, critical sectors here. Uh, federal critical infrastructure sectors, as they're called here on the uh, covid19.ca.gov website. So you can kind of visit that. But I can tell you there's a lot of gray areas. So the advice that I've gotten from some of the people that I've spoke with up at the state level is if you're a worker or an employee and you have some questions, you can ask your employer and they should have a better understanding. And if you're an employer and you're not sure, you can either visit this website, try to get uh, contact people uh, from a state level. I mean, you would be able to get the answers there if you are considered essential or non-essential. And one last topic here to try and break down. I'm not sure how familiar you are with it, but I know yesterday before this order was implemented, one of our colleagues did a story about a gym that had stayed open despite the county already requesting that those shut down. And actually, 
um, from my understanding, there was a enforceable component to that, that that could be considered a misdemeanor. Uh, for this latest order from the governor, uh, is there any like legal ramifications from this? Or what is he expecting uh, people who may disobey some of these orders to keep that social distance? Yeah, that's a very good question, and we're trying to still get to the bottom of that uh, specific area of how enforceable this is. Um, I know that uh, it's floating around out there, state law. Um, this could be considered a misdemeanor, which would be punishable by a $1,000 fine or uh, even uh, some jail time. But as you heard from the news conference yesterday, the governor was saying that they don't want law enforcement involved in this. It doesn't need to be enforced by them. They're hoping that this is a more of a social contract and that uh, social pressure would actually get people to comply. Now, I did reach out to uh, our local law enforcement up here. Uh, we're trying to still, we haven't heard back, but we're still trying to get answers of exactly how they're directing officers or how, uh, if, if any, um, because you under, you heard the governor there say that he doesn't really feel a need to get uh, law enforcement to really crack down on on this new order per se uh, but he would like people to follow it so there's still uh, some question there about how this would all play out from uh, an enforcement level or if this is just strictly a, a social contract and and hopefully that we will be able to police each other through uh, social pressure right which is the heart of it that all of this isn't being done to harm anybody legally or financially, but rather there's a public health crisis and it's kind of up to the individuals to help be part of the solution. Well, thanks for joining us, Tony. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much. All right, now to a look at the latest numbers. As of Friday morning, San Diego County has 105 confirmed cases, but zero deaths. One of the latest cases is a local UPS worker. A UPS spokesperson says that employee is now under quarantine. Three other UPS workers were in contact with that employee. They've also been quarantined as a precaution. That spokesperson saying they've cleaned and disinfected all areas where that employee had worked. Major changes are now being implemented on the U.S.-Mexico border. The U.S. and Mexico agreeing to shut down non-essential travel across the border. That shutdown will apply to individuals like tourists, students, and shoppers, but it will have no effect on bulk trade or people going back and forth for work. Those restrictions go into effect at midnight Friday. And now with so many people out of work or with reduced hours, there's been a rush to file for unemployment benefits and other assistance. To discuss this, I'm joined by Lori Levy. She's the Deputy Director of Public Affairs at the California Employment Development Department. Welcome, Lori. Well, thank you very much. First, uh, just start off by telling me about your department and what your main roles are here in the state. Well, Basically, what we're here to do is to provide benefit programs that help people, give them a little financial support when they lose their job or have their hours reduced through no fault of their own. So there's really two different ways to look at it. If it's a medical reason, then we have the state disability insurance program for someone who is sick and misses work, or we have the paid family leave program if you have to take care of someone, a family member who is sick or medically quarantined. But if that doesn't apply to you, then that's when unemployment insurance comes in, something that employers pay for to contribute to on behalf of each of their employees. And here at the Employment Development Department, we administer all of these insurance programs. What makes someone eligible 
to apply for unemployment. Talk a little bit more about that. Well, basically, these are wage replacement programs. So you had to be losing wages because you're not allowed to work like you normally do. So that's why if it's reduced hours from what you normally work, or even if you're teleworking from home but you're still getting paid, you don't necessarily qualify for an unemployment benefit because this is designed to help replace at least a portion of the wages that you would have been earning if you could work. So uh, basically what you have to do is you go online. That's definitely the preferred method to apply for benefits, and we collect a lot of information from you. It takes us about uh, two, three weeks to check out your wage records and so forth and to determine your eligibility. And then if you do, um, are you found eligible, then we go ahead and provide you with a benefit payment. Do you guys have any numbers to kind of determine the scale of what's been happening lately? How many people have applied this week? Uh, well, we've seen really an unprecedented demand for unemployment benefits. And typically during a recession, for example, we'll see things kind of ramp up and we can prepare for that. This was really just a sudden slam. So it is really all hands on deck here at the Employment Development Department. We are having staff working overtime seven days a week. We are redirecting staff from throughout the department with unemployment insurance processing knowledge. Uh, we're even inviting retirees, recent retirees, to come back and help us out and hiring employees wherever possible. It's just that it takes a new staff person several months to get up to speed to be able to process claims. So it's really we're finding a number of different strategies, anything we can employ to keep up with the demand. And with all these people coming in, is that causing any delays on getting those checks out the door? Or are you still kind of meeting that two to three week window of being able to get people paid if they do meet the requirements? Well, we're looking at a number of different ways in which we can somehow streamline as many claims as possible through the system. So, you know, we're looking at a number of different strategies. Um, the good news is, of course, that with the governor waiving the one-week waiting period, it means if you are found eligible for benefits um, and we can pay you a benefit, you're going to be able to get paid money for that first week that you're unemployed rather than that first week serving as an unpaid period. So that's the good news. You can get more of the money that you're eligible for uh, as soon as you can. we can find you eligible. Yeah, that's a big change in helping people get a little extra cash. I've also heard there will be some relief for businesses filing their state taxes. Are you guys involved in that as well? We are. Um, as I mentioned, employers are the ones who contribute on behalf of employees to the unemployment insurance program. That money pays for benefits. So, um, But right now, because obviously there's a, a lot of hardship on workers as well as on employers, we have extended the deadlines for filing payroll taxes and, and filing uh, payroll tax information. At least 60 days, I, I would expect that possibly to even go longer. So we have information about that on our website, and we encourage employers to check out that information. And are there any other resources, say someone doesn't um, actually you know, fit the definition of someone for unemployment? Is there any other way that someone who might be underemployed or low hours or basically had their hours cut but isn't technically unemployed, are, are there any other resources available for them? 
You know, it all. these are insurance programs, so someone had to have contributed on your behalf, whether that's you in the situation of a disability or a paid family leave insurance claim, or your employer in the situation of an unemployment insurance claim. Now, some self-employed individuals will opt to provide their own coverage and contribute on their own behalf. If that's not you, um, there are a couple of scenarios that might apply. For instance, if you're um, an independent contractor right now, but you did have a job over the last 12 to 18 months that paid you wages, there could be enough there to help support a claim. Or perhaps you have been misclassified. You're actually an employee instead of an independent contractor. And then we would look at all that information when you file a claim and make that determination on a case-by-case basis. And once again, how can people best access these resources? The best way to apply for these benefits is online. Some people may find a, a little issue getting in at first because there's such demand, but try again a little later. It's available 24-7 with just a few hours each evening, um, a little slower because we're processing claims over for payment. Go online and choose an EDD debit card uh, option for payment because that's the way we can actually get you benefits payments faster once you're approved for benefits. Oh, okay. So that money can go directly into the account and then you can just start using that debit card. Exactly. So if you're found eligible, you know, in about like three weeks it takes to process, it always takes about that, at least that long. Then what we do is we send you an EDD debit card and um, every time, every two weeks when you tell us you're continuing to be unemployed through no fault of your own, then we can deposit that benefit payment right onto that EDD debit card instead of waiting for, you know, you have to wait through for a check through the mail. So it's much faster on that EDD debit card. All right. Thank you so much, Lori, for your insight. And uh, hopefully people are able to find the resources that they need during this very strange and very difficult time. Very unprecedented. Exactly. One of the hardest in industries has been hotel workers. The local hotel workers union says they expect 90% of workers to be laid off. Over 1,000 of them have already filed for unemployment. The union says they're trying to help workers maintain health insurance and to connect with financial resources. For local businesses that are struggling, the city of San Diego has set up a $4 million fund that will offer 0% interest microloans. Congress and the federal government are also working to approve a relief package that could provide immediate cash assistance to eligible businesses and adults, but that has yet to be approved. That's it for this edition of the 10 News Coronavirus Impact Podcast. I'm Matt Boone, in for Ben Higgins, who will be back on Monday. Thanks for joining us. For constant updates, you can always visit our website, 10news.com. <laughs>